Welcome to the Aron Sports Podcast. Listen in as professional handicappers Frank and Rob break down this week's wagers on a game-by-game basis. It's immoral to let a sucker keep his money. Is there a lot of money to be made in that line of business? Nothing is impossible. You can shear a sheep many times, but skin him only once. Obsession is a young man's game. This is exactly my point. Take it easy, take it easy. Simple line, people, not easy. What's all that about? You're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. What I think I meant to say was just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. I'm here to give you a show what it's missing. You guys are crazy. You ready? Ready? Set? Set. One, two, three, go! Welcome back to the Aron Sports Podcast. It's Tuesday, September 11th, 2018. Uh, 17 years since September 11th. Never forget, but uh, we're here to talk football. And uh, it was a pretty fun week one in the books. It's nice to have football back. Uh, we had had a whole crew over here watching the game last Sunday. And, uh, had a, you know, it was a, it's a good good time and uh, glad to have it back. So before we go any further, let's uh, bring in Robert. How you doing there, crowd? How'd week one treat you? Frank, yeah, it's good to have football back, that's for sure. I'm uh, ready to go. It was a fun time. Uh wasn't in the best shape, I'll put it that way, for uh, a little Sunday afternoon affair, that's for sure. A little rough rough Saturday night. Stayed up a little too much, too late, uh, longer than I wanted to, and too much to drink, but what are you going to do? I think uh, maybe par for the course, I should say. Well, you got to keep battling. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, got to go to a Sunday and got to shoot a few under and get after it. But no, that's for the games. I guess we'll have to get into that in a second for the weekend. But yeah, it's all in all, it's good to have football back and I'm excited moving forward. I think I'll have some more opinions here on this podcast and uh, after getting, you know, one week under our belt here. Yeah, for sure. So uh, like you mentioned, let's uh, head, head into it and do a little weekend recap. The Weekend Recap. So overall, my uh, weekend was pretty solid. I got my pick of the week home with Miami in a pretty crazy rain-delayed game where uh, there was, I don't know, it was delayed for, I don't even know how long, but I think the game ended up taking like seven, eight hours, something like that to conclude. So uh, it took a little bit longer than needed, but it still got there, so I was happy with that. And then my plays went 2-1 and one with uh, the Bengals' money line coming through, so I ended up winning uh, just a little over unit, so... Nothing nothing crazy, but solid, good uh, start to the season. So how about you? How would your Sunday go, Crab? Yeah, I mean, it was pretty good. I'll, I'll give you that for sure. It was uh, 2-0. and I uh, had Kansas City getting the three in that hook there against the Chargers. They went out right by 10. I released that play Sunday morning there. kind of liked it, kind of watching it all week, and something I uh, just hopped on. And then uh, as well as Miami, I think we're both on them. You kind of sniped that for the pick of the week from me, and you got that one home. My pick of the week was Denver lane three which ended up pushing so i'm you know a little push on the on the docket there for the as pick of the week so far but myself kind of annoying because i got two and a half so i actually was a winner on my game we'll get in that there in the next segment of the pod here but yeah all in all it's, uh, it was a good weekend two and all like i said up two units start the seasons we're both starting good but a little frustrating that's for sure it could have been a little bit better but i mean that's kind of how it always works i mean almost every game I leaned to or kind of had a feeling for except for maybe one or two on the whole board last week I was kind of would have been on the right side so kind of frustrating gotta just remember that but I'm sure sometimes you know this year it'll be the opposite where I kind of lean and don't actually get there and I'm glad I didn't and on top of that it's week one like I said so I'm just not going to be even if I would have been right I'm just not gonna have too many strong opinions that's just kind of the, the 
you know, how it's going to work out when we're doing a podcast the week before uh, week one line. So I'm not going to have a whole lot of strong plays and opinions uh, just because of the lines are bent and put into shape, like I mentioned last week. Yep, for sure. I think discipline's never a bad thing. It is frustrating sometimes when you leave a little extra on the table, but, um, you know, it's also, I think, even more so frustrating if you do get a little looser and you start adding stuff that you're just kind of leaning on and, and all those go bad for you and your core couple plays win and you end up having a losing week because of it. And it's one of those things where I'd much rather be safe and sorry and, you know, keep it tight. And as long as your, your main core plays hit, you'll be, you know, happy. And uh, so anyway, let's uh, head over to the next segment, which I know there's at least one or two games that came into play where the number came into play this week. So let's uh, do getting the best of the number here. Getting the best of the number. So which games did you find where the number came into play from last week? Yeah, we had a few. Uh, like you said, I think we had, I had three that I counted. I could have missed some, but that's what I got. Uh, one side and two totals, so we'll start that side. Like I mentioned in the last segment there, Denver. Um, I was on it at two and a half, laying two and a half, and ended up closing. Pretty much three was the prevailing number, but there were a few three and a halves out there, but a lot of it was three and three with juice on Denver. And that game, uh, you know, like I mentioned, landed right on three. So another game, uh, if you bet it, Plus three and a half, he could have got a winner there on the getting the points. Otherwise, if he would have laid it two and a half like I did, he would have won as well. So pretty key. Again, getting the number, I think that's what we want to point we're trying to get across here. And like we did last year, I think it's a good addition to, to the Brown Sports Podcast. So that, and then the other one we had was two totals. And like I mentioned last week, how many totals, how much movement we got out of those totals. And that Cleveland-Pittsburgh total was one of them. It opened 47 and a half and closed uh, round 41 was, I think, the prevailing number. And that game landed uh, 21-21 on that tie. <laughs> it's pretty uh, ridiculous game, pretty sloppy. We'll get to that here on the on, on the next segment when we get to each uh, week two play. But that one landed right on 42, so that one you could have won either way. I mean, that was a, such a big drop-off. And that one wasn't much because of the – it moved a little bit over the summer. That had something to do with it. Then it just kept dropping because of, mostly because of that weather uh, from the, in the day before kickoff and right around the weekend there. So that had a little bit of a two-part movement, if you will. And then the final game that I had uh, tracked there was Chicago Green Bay. The total that was under uh, at 48.5 was the under would have won. And then uh, 45 was the prevailing close, and that one landed right on 47. So pretty big uh, you know, gap there. And, again, just a perfect example of uh, getting the best of the number. Yep, absolutely. And when we're talking about you know going 1-2 and two or 2-1 two and one or whatever, it make a huge difference in a week. So it just reiterates how important it is to make sure you're turning losses into Ties and ties into wins whenever you can. But you're betting on the same thing anyway. So that's something to keep in mind. And we'll keep tracking that here the rest of the season as we did last year. And, and mention those games where it really came into play. I know it didn't end, actually end up coming into play. But I know last night the over-under in that Raiders-Rams um, game was coming right down to the wire too. And just about got over. Yeah, pretty just close. about uh, pushed there but didn't quite get there. Yeah. So anyway. All right. Well, let's uh, jump right into week two then. And uh, see what we're liking here on this card. So we start off with a AFC North battle on Thursday night. We got uh, Baltimore Ravens heading to Cincinnati. Uh, looks like it's a pick 'em here with a total of 44. Yeah, my power rating here, uh, like we'll do every week. I uh, got a pick 'em on this game. The Westgate and Las Vegas open this game. Baltimore minus one with a total of 44. And then uh, what I didn't do last week, which I'll also add, which I think is pretty you know, good indicator, is that look-ahead line that w- the Westgate offers, which 
case you don't know, from last year to look headline, it's basically just a bettable line from the week before. So it's a good indicator to see how much the, the market moves just from one game of play. It's, you can kind of see overreaction, underreaction, uh, depending on what you thought that the, the team showed from a showcase from the last week. So yeah, like I Injuries. Said, if someone gets injured, you can see how much the line swung. Yeah, exactly. So I think it's a really good, uh, something you for sure be looking at every week. So I think it's good to put it on the pod here to, you know, something to keep note of. So that look headline was a pick em, So just go through them again. Power rating a pick em, Baltimore. Opened this week minus one with a total of 44, and that look headline was a pick 'em. So, really not a whole lot of movement here. Maybe a little bit of money coming in on Baltimore, slight money, but yeah, very, very little movement in this game. And not really surprised. I don't really have a feeling. My, my power rating matches up. I don't have a lean which way or the other. I mean, uh, I'd probably look at the Cincy side of anything, just getting at home there. Uh, I think they look pretty solid, but spot wise, I think both of them are in a not the best spots. They both had a pretty good performances, uh, upset. Not upsets. Baltimore blew them out, but they had so many points there. That was just a crazy game. And like I said uh, in the pr- previous segment, I kind of leaned towards Baltimore, even laying those big points uh, against Buffalo last week, but just couldn't get to the window and kind of kick myself a little bit because it's just a blowout and kind of a, something I expect from Buffalo. Just looking not not at all there. But we'll get to Buffalo when we get there. But yeah, I don't I don't much in this game at all. It's uh, uh, maybe since your pass for me, but unless if this ball if this Baltimore line gets out of control and keeps getting better at all, but I just don't really see that happening. I kind of see it settling in right here and before kickoff on Thursday night. Yeah, I already bet since he had pick. Um, I think these teams are pretty pretty equal, and uh, usually you know if teams are equal, it's usually about a three point home field advantage. So the fact that everyone thinks Baltimore is better than Cincy. I mean, maybe that'll play itself out, but I think these teams are pretty equal. So you're getting the home team. And then I know on these Thursday night games, we talked about this a little bit last year too, but these are kind of, um, they seem, I don't know, almost fluky in a way. And they're pretty tough to bet. So I never feel super confident betting the Thursday night games for the most part, just because it's a short week. And um, it's just kind of hard to, they just feel like sloppy and like a lesser quality product overall. That seems a little bit harder to predict. So, I definitely wouldn't, you know, go all in on this game by any means, but I think there's some value on the Cincy side. If I would have just looked at this pick em before or after last week, I would have assumed that it was just a big overreaction to uh, Baltimore blowing out Buffalo last week. But since you've mentioned that look ahead line, obviously that's this is where the teams were valued coming into the season. So I think Baltimore's a little overvalued, and I think Cincy's a little undervalued. So I think it's kind of a somewhat of a perfect storm to jump on Cincy and. Um, then, you know, Baltimore traveling on a short week, that's usually a tough spot too. So I'll be, uh, I'll be on Cincy in this one. Then the first Sunday game we have is Indianapolis heading to Washington. And it looks like Washington's a home favorite of about five and a half points with a total of 45 and a half. Yeah, this is my uh, first shock of the week here. I'll tell you that much. Uh, power rating here, Washington two. Westgate open, Washington minus three and a half, total 45 and a half. And that look headline, Washington minus three. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It just, uh, to me, this seems like an overreaction and, uh, just a perfect indie spot for me. I, not too high on indie. Like I mentioned last week, I just, I, I don't know. I just don't really get this line at all. I don't think it should be any higher than three, maybe three and a half. I just don't, uh, I don't understand it unless there's uh, something I'm missing, some piece of information, which is always possible, but I don't, not, nothing I can see. Um, so this is definitely a, a game I got my, my line watcher on aroundsports.com and, uh, send me notifications anytime it moves and, I'll be uh, I'll be on Indy here almost for sure before kickoff. Uh, just a matter of what what kind of number I can get. If I can get higher than a six, I'd like it. But even at plus six, I think that's a great play on Indy. And uh, like I said, feel pretty feel feel pretty strong about this. Uh, I, a little lower on Washington. I think they've played pretty well. I was I was uh, leaned towards them last week. Never got to the window, and they 
kind of took care of business there in Arizona. But I, like I said, I think they'll be kind of regressing a little bit here this week. And I think Indy will be able to find a little bit of a stride. I know they still got trouble on defense and that offensive line struggling a little bit. But like I said, I think a uh, little bit of after the first week, it just, if nothing else in this, this second week of NFL, I think you just can't overreact too much about those first games. If, if you want to take one, uh, one takeaway, just you can't overreact. If, if anything, just almost throw a lot of those games out the window. Uh, not out the window, but, you know, definitely take them with a grain of salt, to, if you will. And I think this is a perfect example here of just a line movement that went crazy that uh, I don't really think it's uh, it's warranted. So, like I said, I like Indy here getting the points, and we'll see if we can uh, maybe get a seven before kickoff, although I doubt it. Yeah, my one misstep last week was betting the Cardinals, and that was against Washington, and obviously that came back to burn me. I wasn't even competitive. The Cardinals just looked terrible. And now, I'm, you know, the goal of week two is trying to figure out was it component A or component B that uh, created that result. So I don't know if it was Arizona's just that bad or if I underrated Washington coming into the year. So uh, I, my my instincts definitely tell me to bet Indy here because it does seem like a lot of points for two teams that I'm not particularly high on either one of them. And I think they should be pretty close to even. But I do it was one of those things you don't want to be stubborn and and take your you know thoughts coming into the season and just keep banging your head against the wall and think you know more than than what the evidence is showing you so obviously it's a little early to do that yet and thus I'll probably be on Indy again because I don't think Washington's that great of a team uh and and Indianapolis is a team that they could have easily won that game even though I was on Cincy last week it definitely wasn't a shellacking where Cincy was just taking it to him it was more of a back and forth game with a couple of fluke plays that I think since you got a pick six late there that kind of sealed it and made the uh, the win look more convincing than it really was. So it wasn't like any played a horrible game, but I think they're kind of a almost like the Chargers of last year where you got luck to can put up points, but the defense isn't great, where they'll probably be in a lot of back and forth shootout type games. And, um, and I just like the underdog, basically, I think, um, especially in this point spread range, whether Indy's the favorite or the underdog. So I don't think they're going to be a team that puts people away. But I also think they'll be able to stay in a lot of games. So uh, I think Indy's an over team and a team I like catching this many points with. So I definitely lean Indy. And I'm just not totally sure what to make of Washington. So I'm not sure if I'll totally get there on the side or total. But I definitely lean Indy and over here. Uh, next game we got is Carolina at Atlanta. Uh, looks like Atlanta is about a five and a half point favorite at home with a total of 44, 44 and a half. Yeah, my power rating here, Atlanta, six and a half favorite uh, Westgate Open. Atlanta three and a half, the look of the headline, Atlanta minus four, and the total opened at 44 at the Westgate. Uh, this is a game here, like I said, a little little sluggish Sunday morning, and I, generally what I do is I'll uh, do my numbers and everything throughout the afternoon, at least the second half of the afternoon games, and by the end of the g- afternoon games, that's when the lines come out for week two usually is when you get the first uh, cracks at the week two lines or the next week lines, and that's when you can kind of get some value right away and kind of pick off some numbers and this is one I'm kind of kicking myself at because my numbers would have pointed me right to Atlanta. If I could have got a three and a half right away, I would have bet that immediately, just an auto bet. And uh, obviously now it's been bet up now to five and a half, six. I did still get a five, Atlanta minus five, but not uh, not the best of the number by any means. Uh, not I shouldn't say that. I still got a decent number, but definitely not the best uh, opener I could have gotten. Although those are kind of tough to get sometimes, but. Uh, yeah, I still think there's some value on Atlanta here, though. A little uh, slight value. I think uh, anything under six, if you can get five and a half or better, I think I like the Atlanta side here. I just feel like they, uh, I, I mean, again, Sarkeesian, he's kind of the same <laughs> same type of deal with play calling. And I know you mentioned that Matt Ryan struggled a little bit, that's for sure. Um, yeah, it looked like he was just someone was beating his arm up all night the <laughs> night before. He didn't have any zip on the ball whatsoever. 
Yeah, just uh, throwing some duds out there, huh? Someone just dead-arming him repeatedly as he was sleeping. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I don't know. I didn't really like a whole lot what I saw from Carolina. I mean, I thought that it was very an unsexy win, if you will. And I don't, It just wasn't uh, – I'm just really not too high on this team. I, I mentioned that last week as well, and I just feel like uh, Atlanta's going to come out here and they'll be able to win this game uh, by, by a touchdown or six points or more, like I said. So I like the Atlanta side, but at this number, not don't love it as much. But uh, I, I'd be leaning, looking towards the Atlanta side, if anything, here, laying the points. Yeah, I don't don't necessarily agree there. I think it's a, it's a pretty solid spot for Atlanta coming off a loss on a nationally televised game and then having a little extra time to prepare after the opener there. Uh, you know, coming home they, they play pretty good usually compared to on the road. So I think it's a pretty good spot for Atlanta and then Carolina coming off a win and then traveling. But um, I just don't have enough trust in Ryan or Sarkeesian or just Atlanta in general and. I definitely wasn't overly impressed with Carolina last week, but uh, I don't know. I I think if Cam plays halfway decent, he'll be able to keep it close, and it just it basically just comes down. To, I just don't trust Atlanta really. I'd I'd kind of like to lean to the under, but also when you move back to the dome, you know, if Atlanta starts playing a little bit up more up tempo and catches in a couple red zone opportunities, I think Carolina might open it up more than they did last week. Uh, to try to match their opponent's rhythm a little bit more. So I don't think I'll really be involved in this game in any direction. Next game is uh, going to be a fun one for us. It's the Vikings heading to Green Bay. Uh, I know I don't know if the, is there gonna be any numbers released in this game, or are they all waiting for Rodgers? Yeah, I got no line. I, I see a lot of them are stale that I see, so I don't think there's uh, yeah, much here. But Yeah, it'll probably come between pick and Green Bay three, I would guess, maybe. Yeah, look look headline here, Green Bay was three, but yeah, I don't see anything. I think I saw a sports book maybe had a one and a half on Green Bay, but I don't even know if that was, I didn't even check if that's live or not, but that's the only thing I see that's actually on there. But um, yeah, my power rating here, Green Bay three is, but obviously that's a big uh, jump, assuming Rodgers plays and he's healthy, 100%. So I don't know, it uh, was pretty impressive what he did, that's for sure. It was a... Making my Chicago plus seven bet a little scary, that's for sure. There at the the Sunday night game, he uh, made wasn't the easiest bet that it should have been when I saw the twenty nothing score, whatever it was, twenty three. I don't know, whatever big big win there, big a uh, lot of points there that Chicago had that I should have been not much of a sweat, but never is in the NFL. So uh, he old Rogers. Yeah, he just had Nagy, the Chicago coach, he just scripted a, a great game plan to start the game off, and then. Once he ran out of those 20, 25 plays, whatever it was, the script at the beginning of the game, and then Trubisky had to kind of, you know, improvise and and figure stuff out as he went. He just kind of started to struggle. So I think that could be a common theme uh, going forward in Chicago games because, uh, you know, they just didn't have much at all on offense and then the, the rest of the game, and Rodgers just kind of did what he did. And there's no way – I just don't think Chicago's talented enough to keep him in check all game long. So it'll be interesting to see how he fares against the Vikes, and I think a little bit of an upgraded defense. Yeah, just, uh, he's like a struggling comedian. He can he can script a few good jokes, but he can't uh, per- uh, improvise throughout the, yeah. the rest of the show. Um, but yeah, as for the as for that game, I don't know. We'll see. But like you said, it should be a fun one to watch for sure. I hopefully uh, we'll see what Rogers does. It'd be for entertainment perspective. It'd be good if Rogers was there. Good to see test the Vikings team. That's for sure. But um, yeah, we'll see. Obviously, he's going to be a huge uh, in, in, impact on this point spread. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to kind of check um, his health going to the, as the league progresses too. Because I think there'll be a big difference of always oh, going to be seventy five percent. He's going to give it a go, but he's not going to be that mobile. Well, if that's if you hear a report like that against this swarming Vikings defense that basically suffocated Jimmy G last week, 
uh, I think that would be a huge tick in the favor of the Vikings. Whereas if you hear like, oh, you know, he just whatever came down on wrong or whatever on Sunday or last Sunday and he's good to go. It just took him a couple of days to get rid of the soreness or something like that would be, you know, completely change how you might want to attack this game. But as of now, I definitely lean to the Minnesota side. I don't think they're for sure going to win by any means, but I just feel like you have, uh, you know, of all the possible outcomes, I feel like more of them tend to favor the Vikings more so. But either way, it'll be a fun game to watch. Next game up, we got the Chargers heading to your Buffalo Bills. Looks like the Chargers are laying seven, seven and a half on the road of the total of 43 and a half. My Buffalo Bills, huh? <laughs> <laughs> your squad? Oh, yeah. I got a few jerseys in my, in my room here, that's for sure. Is that uh-huh. Peterman jersey? I know you, you rushed it from China. Did that get here yet or no? Well, no, I already had one, actually. I, I didn't. It wasn't Buffalo one, but I, I still I still rock it, whatever team he rolls with. But, um, no, yeah, this game here, um, I got Chargers minus five and a half as my power rating. Westgate open, Chargers seven and a half, actually, and the look headline, Chargers six and a half. Total on this game open, 43 and a half. Um, <laughs> you know, this game, it's it, the Buffalo to me this year, they're going to be like the Browns. It's just going to be like every every week I'm going to get a, a point or two of value on them. It's just a matter of do I want to go dig that hole. And I think I'm just going to play what I did last year, the last last part of the season with the Browns. I'm just going to stay away until they prove to me that they can win and they can cover. And uh, I just don't know if they can do it. I I wanted to bet against him the first week. I just didn't have enough confidence in it, even with that big number, and even when I'm not that high on Baltimore, like I said at the start of the, the segment here on the Thursday night game. And I, I, you know, like I said, kick myself a little bit, but I feel like it's going to be a similar thing here. But I just don't have any interest at all in laying this many points with the Chargers. But I just I don't know if I can bet on the Buffalo right now, and I think that's probably how the market's feeling. That's why we're getting such a high point spread. So I mean, you'd think they got to come out one of these weeks, but I just don't know when it's going to be, and I'm not going to sit here and, and wait for it to happen. So I'm just going to, like I said, I think my approach with Buffalo here the rest of the season is wait until I hear, see something from them of 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 value, I guess you want to put it, and uh, maybe maybe consider the side. But at this point, I'm just going to stay away probably almost every Buffalo game uh, moving forward until I see something different. Yeah, I just got an alert on my phone, I guess. Uh, one of the Chargers receivers just dropped another Phillip Rivers pass. <laughs> just now? <laughs> Quite- Boy, was that incredible! As just as, as I was watching that game, it was just I don't know how many times it happened, but Rivers would just hit him right on the money, and half the time the receivers would be wide open. It wasn't like they're you know worried about a hit and the kind of alligator arm it. They like I remember I think it was yeah who was wide open it? in the back of the end zone there. Nobody was even twenty yards with them, twenty yards within. Yeah, I think it was Benjamin or somebody was streaking down the field, and the Chiefs guy either fell or it was just way slower and. He was the only guy within 10 to 15 yards of it about midfield, and he just totally dropped it. And there was at least three or four plays like that. So even though the Chiefs won the game you know, fairly easily, where they ended up winning it by 10 points, Yeah. Um, I mean, just two of those catches could have swung that game pretty drastically. And I, I, the Chargers, they weren't like the you know Super Bowl hype that a lot of people thought they might be, but I never really bought into that totally either. So I thought they were pretty much what I expected. And I thought the Chiefs were a little bit more impressive than I expected. So I'm not too down on this Chargers squad. And then now you're at, you know, have an 0-1 team that's now heading on the road. They don't really have much of a home field advantage anyway. Uh, I think they're going to be extremely motivated for this game. They know they need this to, you know, not that not that you can't make the playoffs when you drop to 0-2, but it's like 90% of the teams that drop to 0-2 don't make the playoffs or something like that. So um, I think they're going to be really motivated to come back and bounce back with a win here. Um, I, I'm just not really interested in laying seven points on the road, but I would be kind of tempted to, uh, square bear it up and 
you know, money line parlay this with a couple other games and kind of boost up your uh, potential winnings. I don't know if I'm going to do that or not, but uh, it's hard for me to imagine that this Bill squad, if, no matter whether it's Allen or Peterman, along with the skill position talent they have, like I just, it's, you know, whatever, I'll, I'll admit I'm wrong and it'll definitely, you know, potentially cost me if I end up going that route next week, but it's just really hard for me to imagine this hungry Charger squad doesn't bounce back with a fairly easy win here. Uh, and, you know, maybe it's an overreaction to how bad Buffalo looked last week, but I also think sometimes teams just aren't that good, and I think Buffalo just screams, you know, I'm just not that good. So you might want to take advantage of it now before the prices really get out of control. That's what you said last week. You said you didn't see think a terrible performance like five interceptions was coming from Peterman from Buffalo, but <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to lie. I don't think it was much worse. Yeah, I know. Well, it's, it's, it, I think that's part of the reason I kind of gave him the benefit of the doubt, thinking like, well, you know, he's a pro-level quarterback. They decided to go with him after um, the preseason. But then when Allen came in there, and, and he was, I don't want to say worse, cause I don't know if he could be, but he wasn't any better. So I was giving him the benefit of the doubt, thinking, well, maybe Peter, Peterman kind of progressed. But I think it might be the other way where Allen's just not any good either. So they're figuring, all right, well, neither of these guys are any good. We might as well let the rookie try to learn a little bit behind the scenes more before just throwing them in there. So I think uh, I was probably wrong last week, but luckily I wasn't involved. But I think it might show you opportunity that Buffalo might just be a dead team here early, which is, you know it sounds kind of ridiculous to say and in the parody-ridden NFL. But, I mean, I don't know. I just It's hard for me to envision a scenario where they're ultra-competitive against against the you know not the bottom teams in the league and the chargers are definitely at least an average team so um i don't know i think i might have talked myself into either teasing the chargers or doing a couple money line parlays with them to be honest frankie tease that's right uh next game we got is houston heading to tennessee uh looks like Mariota's status is in question i don't see any lines here either do you yep no line for me uh look headline this game tennessee one and a half just for uh, fyi and then my power rating uh, assuming we got a healthy Mariota, I actually had it uh, a Houston slight favorite. So, anyway, yeah, nothing on this game though. I think we can probably skip it. But uh, yeah, no, both these teams didn't look super impressive. Houston's going up against New England. Tennessee lost to Miami, kind of like we were thinking. The Tennessee could be a really bad team if Mariota's hurt, along with Delaney Walker. But yeah, nothing for this week. Uh, next game, we got Kansas City hitting to Pittsburgh. This should be a pretty good one. Looks like Pittsburgh's a five-point home favorite with a total of fifty-two and a half. Yep, uh, this one here, my power rating, Pittsburgh, minus 7. Westgate opened Pittsburgh, 5.5. Look headline was Pittsburgh, minus 6. And the total on this game, at least at the Westgate, opened at 52. Uh, I know right away the total, I jumped on that. I uh, I think I got it at 50.5, but it must have been a different book. The Westgate doesn't open their totals usually till, uh about Monday morning-ish, somewhere in there, Monday afternoon for the, the East Coast. But, um, yeah, so I, I like the total a little bit here, but obviously the little bit of value taken away. But I think that'd be the way I'd look. Uh, still, probably it's just this Kansas City defense just kind of seems like a an over team. You think almost every week just with the way they play offense and the way they uh, the way they play offense and the way they uh, their defense is just not you can't really get stops. It doesn't seem like they're just not like you said. I don't know how many wide open balls did the Chargers miss last week. I mean that that doesn't go against them at all in the stat, but <laughs> those those are going to get caught. I mean, they're playing NFL teams. I mean, those just, you can't leave people open like that and they're going to get burned on those eventually. And I think Pittsburgh is a perfect team that can do that. And 
you you think Pittsburgh would be motivated here? So on top of the total, I don't like I said this number. It's a little bit harder to uh, to recommend or release as a play, but I I do like the side here on Pittsburgh. I think the there's some value here on the side. Uh, like my power, like my numbers say, my power rating. I think anything under seven here is a as a buy on Pittsburgh. I I think uh, even at this number five, it's pretty good. I see a few four and a halfs out there as well, so I'm kind of watching this number as well. Uh, I think uh, like I said, Pittsburgh coming home and again and after that. Pretty, I wouldn't say embarrassing against the Browns, but I'm I'm pretty much just going to throw that whole Browns game, Pittsburgh game, out of it because of the the weather. It just was a sloppy game. You had those two fumbles there with the weather a slot. It was just weird and a crazy game. And some people probably going to upgrade Cleveland or something, and we can kind of see that when we get to the Cleveland game. And I, I don't know. I just think Pittsburgh here is a play. Uh, at anything under seven, so I like Pittsburgh minus five uh, quite a bit here. Well, does it not seem like Pittsburgh pretty much does that every year where they go on the road and they, you know, spend struggles and I don't know how many interceptions he had last week, but they just play super underwhelming and they play down to their talent and then they come home and this isn't a primetime game, but they come home and then they play a, a you know, decent team and they just kind of blow their doors off. It seems like that's been a pretty frequent pattern in the Tomlin era. Yeah, year they, after they year. get back into the conversation about how they're one of the best, you know, Super Bowl contenders and all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, uh, you know, they get back at home and Ben's throwing it all over the lot. And like you mentioned, the Kansas City team is a perfect team to do it against. Uh, I wasn't impressed with Mahomes, so I think Kansas City will be able to put up their fair share of points. But I definitely like the Pittsburgh side at, like you said, under seven. And uh, I definitely like the over, even though the, the over is pretty high. I still think, uh, you know, the, the in that weather last week, the Pittsburgh-Cleveland game, they still, still scored 42 and uh, the Chiefs-Chargers game was a shootout scoring 66. So uh, I think it's a perfect recipe here for another high-scoring game. And uh, even even though you're not quite getting the best of it, I still wouldn't be scared away at all at 52.5. So I definitely recommend the over and uh, Pittsburgh as well. Next game is a little little bit less sexy one, but still kind of intriguing. We got the 1-0 Miami Dolphins heading to the 1-0 New York Jets. Looks like the Jets are uh, about a two and a half, three point favorite with a total of forty four. Yeah, sorry, it's hard for me not to laugh at this one. You said yeah, less sexy. I don't know, maybe from a, a viewership perspective, but a betting perspective, I'm uh, I'm well engaged in this one. That's for sure. Uh, power rating here, pick them. Westgate open. The Jets minus one, uh, forty three was the total, and then the look head line. I'll try to do the total after to make it a little bit less confusing. So Jets open at the Westgate minus one. Look head line was Jets one and a half, and the total open at forty three. And the line movement on this game is just. Uh, you know, I'm doing my numbers. When I was doing my numbers today, I just kind of laugh about uh, the movement here. I'm pulling it up. Give me a second. But just the overreaction after the game, after they blew the doors off of Detroit on Monday night. I mean, you look at the, the opened here. The, like I said, look at it was one and a half Jets. And then on the, the ninth, which was obviously Sunday after the games when they usually come out with their lines, Jets open one. Then it went down. It got bet down to pick them. And then immediately reopened uh, the next day in the morning the Miami minus one and a half the next day before the kickoff uh, Monday morning. And then right after the game, the next morning, boom, that moves uh, uh, five points the other direction. Now the Jets are three and a half favorites. It's like, boy, is that just an overreaction? And uh, so obviously you know where I'm at here. My head's at, I'm going to be on Miami. I was on Miami last week, pretty strongly wanted to get there with that pick of the week, but you uh, took it from me. And then I got uh, that pick down on just my release play, but almost likely be on Miami, Miami here again. Like I said, my numbers put this game at a pick 'em. 
and uh, I thought that was pretty conservative even. And, and yeah, if you can get a three here, I, I love Miami here. If you can get three, and I already do got a bet in myself at Miami plus three, but uh, I'm probably be releasing as a play even at two and a half. I think there's some value. So, yeah, Miami here I think is a play. It's just a little bit of overreaction after a big Monday night game and the public and Darnold and a rookie quarterback looking good on the road. Just everything kind of points here, a good spot for Miami, uh, other than the fact that they look pretty good themselves uh, against uh, their last game there. So, basically, that – Monday night performance move the line in favor of the Jets anywhere from like three to four points, essentially. Yeah, just the Westgate alone. It was uh, in the morning they opened it at one and a half, then they took the game down one and a half Miami, and then they took the game down and reopened it at three and a half the next day. The Jets. So just by the Westgate numbers, it was a five point move after the the Monday night game. Yeah. Um. So obviously that's I don't think totally justified because I you know. The, the Jets played good, don't get me wrong, but uh, Detroit was pretty pitiful as well, and Stafford was banged up for part of that game, and even when he was in there, it just didn't look too impressive, obviously. So uh, it was a good performance by the Jets, but uh, you know, coming back on a short week after a big primetime win like that for a team that doesn't have super high expectations with a rookie quarterback where they're probably going to be feeling pretty good about themselves, and I turn around and come home and... Uh, you know, you got a Miami team that's definitely not great, but it's hard to, it's hard to really take much away from that game. Like I said, with all the lightning delays or rain delays or whatever it was, what took forever. And, but they did look fairly impressive for, uh, what you did get to see from them. So, uh, I, I definitely lean towards Miami too. I don't know if I'm going to for sure get through this week or not, because I do think the Jets are probably slightly more talented. Uh, but, I, I think this. I don't. I think the number was kind of a little bit bad before towards Miami side, and now I think the number is a little bit bad towards the Jets side. So I think there's a little bit of value in Miami, but I'm not quite as uh, gung ho on it as you are. Next game is Philadelphia heading to Tampa Bay. Looks like Philadelphia is laying three on the road with a total of 44. Yeah, my power rating here, Philadelphia, four and a half. Westgate opened Philadelphia minus three. Look headline, Philadelphia, three and a half. The total here opened 44 at the Westgate. Uh, yeah, I don't know. that Here, it's numbers kind of right in line of what the current market's at. Maybe a little bit low, but I just don't really want to be back in Philly right now. I'm just I'm a little bit lower on them. and But at the same time, I just don't really, uh, after that performance, Fitzpatrick through. Uh, that just... Pretty crazy, pretty crazy of a game. I mean, just throwing it all over the yard for sure. We were watching that game uh, decently closely downstairs, and yeah, just pretty, uh, pretty entertaining. That's for sure against the Saints. But I just don't know if he can repeat that kind of performance in Fitz Magic. I know you said last week about how he's a pretty, uh, what'd you say? He's not. Uh, what was your high variance? Yeah, high variance. So that's uh, I. I was a little bit had a differing opinion, but I think that definitely uh, serves more towards uh, what you were saying last week for sure. That's <laughs> I just don't think he can. Uh, recreate that again so i think you might be if anything a little bit uh down or down performance here from fitzpatrick but i don't know yeah i don't have any my numbers point me a little bit towards philadelphia but i just don't really i think that's a little bit uh, misleading so i think most likely just be stay away from this game altogether i don't really see a lean either way i think you're gonna get another good performance from fitzpatrick myself i think he's one of those guys where when he gets hot he'll get hot for a little while and look pretty good and especially against like a, a quality team like this and then all of a sudden, two weeks from now, they'll be playing, you know, the Cardinals or something, and they'll be on the road laying a point and a half and 
you'll be like, oh, wow, you know, Fitzpatrick's been playing great, and, you know, this is this is a steal, and then all of a sudden he'll put up one of his clunker games where he fumbles twice and throws three interceptions, and they lose like a 9-7 type game or something like that. And, uh, you know, you'll bite yourself for thinking, why in the world did I ever trust Fitzpatrick that much? But I, I feel like he has another, like, not as good a game as last week because that would be pretty tough to follow up on, but I think he has a pretty solid effort in him. Um, but I think Philadelphia's team as a whole, pretty much across the board, other than maybe receiver, is significantly better and more talented than Tampa Bay. So even if you do get a pretty good performance from him, I still think Philly's likely going to win the game or it's at least going to be close. So to lay three on the road uh, or even three on the road with minus 120 juice just isn't super appealing. And both teams off a win. I don't think the spot super favors anybody. Probably favors Philly a little bit more at the extra time to prepare. So all things being considered, I'll be staying away from this one. Uh, the last of the early games, we got Cleveland heading to New Orleans. New Orleans, a uh, nine or so point favorite with a total of forty nine and a half. Yeah, my power rating here: uh, New Orleans twelve and a half. Westgate open New Orleans seven and a half, and the look headline: New Orleans minus eight and a half. Total at the Westgate was fifty. Um, yeah, <laughs> this is another game. Kind of similar feelings of a few other ones I mentioned this week. It just feels like there's a lot of value on this card, and this is another one I, I don't lay points, but I'm, I'm almost certainly going to be on New Orleans laying points here. I just feel like this is a game they're going to come in and blow the doors off Cleveland. I, like I said, I couldn't be any much less impressed with Cleveland's performance. You, you look at the box score, you look at the – or sorry, not the box score. If you just look at the final score, 21-21 for this Cleveland against Pittsburgh, you'd think, oh, well, they played them pretty tight, and actually someone who's watching football with us made that comment, and I'm sitting there, you know – just stunned that that's, that's that's the takeaway you could come with, but obviously that's what people are thinking, and they just, uh, you know, the public betting, that's what they're going to look at. They're going to look at the, the, the final score of the game, and it couldn't be any more misleading in my perspective. I don't know how many times I said this offense just can't move the ball and just, just you know, another Cleveland offense that's just pitiful, and they got to get rid of this coaching staff, otherwise they have no chance. And it all just comes on to turnovers, too. Well, then that, well, yeah, that, too, that's the other another huge thing. They were, what, plus five, I think it was, and the fact that they're plus six, I think, ended up plus, being. Plus six, or, yeah, what, five or six, and the fact that they couldn't even win the game, it was 21-21. I mean, that's just a huge detriment towards Cleveland. That's just, I think, uh, I heard a stat, I think that's the first time in, like, 20 or 30 years or something like that when they've had that many turnovers that they haven't won the game, a team like that. It's just something something crazy like that where it just shows you how hard there's, it is. There's one where in the last, I think it was 25 years, teams that are plus five or more in the turnover ratio were like 132 uh, wins, four losses, and one tie. And Cleveland's had two of the losses and one of the ties. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at some point you just got to say this is not kind of like the Patriots. They keep covering point spreads. At some point you got to realize that trend. I mean, it's just the opposite with, with, with Cleveland. They just can't cover them, and you got to realize that. and. Like I said, I couldn't be any more low here after Cleveland's first performance, and uh, I think that was a pretty big game that could have showed him showed you something. But you definitely can't just look at the final score, and you can just watch the game and the flow of the game, and like I said, the flukiness of the game with the turnovers and the weather, and it's just not very indicative at all of of, of their play. I don't think, and like I said, I think New Orleans kind of got embarrassed against in a, in a similar point point spread range last week uh, against Tampa Bay. There, obviously. Your boy Fitzmagic played a pretty good game and all that stuff. But I feel like New Orleans' offense was still clicking. They put up points, and they just couldn't keep up with them. <laughs> it's as funny as that is to say. But like I said, I think uh, anything under 10 here with New Orleans is a bargain, and I'm, I'm going to be laying points. I very rarely lay more than seven, uh, lay points that often. But I think this is a strong play here on New Orleans. I'm going to be on them uh, almost for sure here before kickoff. I agree if you just look at the underlying stats. The Cleveland performance was horrendous. But I also think that the 
New Orleans might not be as good as a lot of people are giving credit for, and they might be able to put up some decent points, but their I think their defense isn't that great, um, and I think their their offense, while it was good last year, I, I still think they're a little bit more run heavy than people will give them credit for. And without Ingram, maybe that's not quite as true with just Kamara in there more so. But um, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm not, I wouldn't be ready to lay that kind of points with New Orleans myself. And I also think how we kind of give Pittsburgh a pass a little bit with the weather. I think you kind of have to give Cleveland not a total pass by any means, but definitely kind of a little bit of more of a wait-and-see approach. I do think their coaching staff is pretty terrible. Um, and I'm not a big Taylor fan. But his his rep forever has been, you know, doesn't turn the ball over. It's, it's pretty conservative, doesn't put up a ton of points, but he's not going to give away the game. So in a point spread range like this, um, I, I'm by no means am I running to the window to back Cleveland, but I'm also not willing to say they're going to for sure lose this game by double digits either. So uh, for me, it's kind of a pass and a wait and see approach and see what from these two teams jives from week one with week two and, and what kind of differs. And then, uh, you know, maybe have a more well-defined opinion of both these two teams going forward. Cause I do think that regardless of what happens this week, and except for maybe an outright Cleveland win, I think both these teams will probably be priced um, pretty similarly to what they have been. Cause I think people kind of have a defined stance of what they think about these teams regardless of what actually happens for at least a couple more weeks. So maybe we can pick something out here and gain some uh, some value going forward. All right. Uh, the late games this week, we got four. Uh, first one, we got Arizona heading to the Rams and potentially one of the worst games of the week. Looks like the Rams are a 12, 12.5-point favorite home with a total of 46. Yeah, my power rating here, the Rams minus 12. Uh, granted, I did do it after the game on Monday. Usually I do it before the Monday night game, but I just, today I did it uh did today, which was after the Monday night game, so after my power rating came too. Westgate opened this game, Rams minus 10, and the look headline was the Rams minus 8.5, and, and the total on this game opened 47.5. Uh, you know, here, this is a game, I think, if anything, you got to look at the Arizona side, you got some value. You can just see how much the point spread's moved since the look headline 8.5, so I mean, that's another big, big adjustment, and the Rams looked pretty, you know, average. They didn't look over powerful, or, you know, they looked kind of like in check the whole time of the Raiders for the full first half or even into the third quarter there. But then the fourth quarter, they kind of just started blowing the doors off. And that's a pretty misleading final score. Watch that game from uh, mostly, almost the whole game there last night. And like I said, pretty misleading final score. The Rams did look pretty good at the end there. They got it together. But I think the kind of similar to the, like the Bears, I think uh, Gruden kind of just ran out of personnel and he ran out of plays and he just kind of got uh, coached a little slightly. And I think this is a spot where, the Rams are a good team. I think they're solid. I don't really think I upgraded the Rams much. I kind of expected what they gave, and uh, I think Arizona might just be getting downgraded here from their last performance. And I think, like you said, against Washington, you don't know which team to upgrade or downgrade. And I feel like Washington should be upgraded slightly, and maybe Arizona downgraded a little bit. But I don't think it should be, you know, like I said, after one week, I don't think you should change your power range a whole lot on these two teams. And like I said, I think the, the number here is just a little too high, uh, just a, big, a little too big of an adjustment, which I was kind of uh, thought it would happen. But if we see anything higher than where it's sitting now, if we can get you know up to a 14 for sure, it'll be an auto buy for me on Arizona, just uh, out of a straight value play. But not super excited to back the Arizona side, but I mean, that's the only way I'm going to look for for sure here. Yeah, I personally, not just being bitter, but I think I'd downgrade Arizona a solid amount because watching that game, you have a new coach for Arizona, new quarterback, 
Uh, there's just a lot of moving pieces, a decent amount of new starters on defense. So when you're factoring all those moving pieces, I'm way more willing to change my uh, you know, opinion coming into the season and what kind of I initially thought a team was going to be. And all those factors, uh, Bradford looked like bad Bradford from a couple years ago where he's just checking down every single time and just never really pushing the ball downfield, even when they're down 21 in the second half. And uh, the coach... You know, I guess didn't really do anything that was egregiously bad, but didn't didn't really seem like he had the the team prepared that well, or had any at least you know Nagy and Gruden seemed to have some great plays scripted to at least start the game, whereas Arizona didn't even have that. So it looked about as lifeless as he could be. So I think I'm personally downgrading them fairly significantly. And the Rams, I think they've been an overvalued commodity too. But my issue with that is I jumped in a little in game on the under last night, uh, or the second half under. And that looked like it was a no-brainer, and the Rams were running up-tempo with, like, eight minutes left in the fourth quarter, and they were already up 10. Like, they were snapping the ball with 25 seconds left, and they're, you know, play action and passing it and chucking it downfield when, like, okay, you you guys got this game in hand. (laughs) Like, that's not really necessary. So, if you are going to lay double digits or, you know, or think about betting against a team, like, that's not the type of profile you want. You'd much rather have, like, a, you know, whatever, like a Vikings team or somebody that's going to take the air out of the ball and just kind of run it and end the game and walk away with the 8-10 point victory, whereas like it seems like this Ram team's out for blood. I don't know if that's just McVay's personality. or I know they did that a little bit last year too, so uh, it's not really a team that I really want to uh, step in front of, especially with a bad Ram or a bad Arizona team where uh, if, if they fall down 10 early, uh, I think you're in, in pretty, pretty rough shape here for the rest of the game. So uh, for me, it's pretty much a stay away. Maybe maybe take a look at the over if anything, but I don't really like that in the you know interdivision games like this when the teams usually know each other fairly well. Uh, next game is Detroit, who looked atrocious on Monday night, heading to San Francisco. Uh, San Francisco is about a five and a half point favorite, the total forty seven and a half. Yeah, my power rating here: San Francisco minus six. Westgate open San Francisco three and a half, even money. Look headline: San Francisco three and a half, and the opener here total Westgate was the forty eight. So yeah, it's another game, uh, kind of like the one I mentioned, what was it earlier, about Atlanta. Same, Pretty much the same type of deal. The opener, I would have been all over San Francisco right away on open. If I would have got that three and a half, uh, even four, somewhere in that. But now we're, we're sitting at now a little bit less value, but um, st- kind of the same thing as I would say with Atlanta. I still feel like they're maybe a slight bit of value on San Francisco. At, yeah, at five and a half, it's just a little little too much, I guess, for me. And you're at six for sure, so I don't know. I guess it's most likely a stay with stay away from me at this point. But if yeah, if it comes if it gets bought back at all and comes back down, I'll probably be on San Francisco. Otherwise, I'll most likely stay away. And especially with Stafford, I think we kind of saw it a little bit at the end of last year with uh, when he got injured and he kind of just wasn't the same. And he's kind of you know, every game you're kind of just hoping he doesn't get hurt because you know they're if he gets hurt, it's basically you're screwed. So uh, that that if you if you were thinking about the Detroit side, I think that's another thing you have to worry about is the health of Stafford and if. Uh, how how he, how he is and all that stuff. It just depends. Uh, like I said, it, it's really hard to figure out. Kind of like with Rogers, how, like you said, how 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 healthy is he actually going to be? Even if he does play, and then what what are the odds he's going to get hit again and be out? And then you're you're really going to have to crush up your ticket. So, like I said, I think it's a San Francisco or pass for me. But I'm not uh, not in love with it at this number. Yeah, I was rooting for Detroit in the Monday night game solely because I wanted them to look respectable and take care of business against the Jets, just so I get a good number on San Francisco here. Because I thought San Francisco, even though they lost to the Vikings and they're never really in it, even though they only lost by eight points, 
Um, you know, the, the Kittles, the tight end, had that one wide-open drop that probably would have gone for a touchdown or close. They fumbled. Alfred Morris fumbled at the goal line the one time. And, uh, the, you know, there's a couple things there. I don't think they're an overly talented team, but there's a couple things there that made that game look a little misleading. Like, it definitely could have played out differently and it probably would have changed their, uh, you know, perception drastically if they would have won at Minnesota. So uh, I don't – I'm not – like racing the window to buy San Francisco and especially not this price. So that's kind of a um, frustrating. It was kind of a missed opportunity there by Detroit looking so poor that that made this game come out this high because I I wish it would have been close three or close to it. I definitely would have been all over the San Francisco side here, but at the current price, I just don't trust them enough necessarily. And I think Stafford and Detroit's somewhat of a high variance team too, where, if they come out, then there's there's a chance they could be throwing it all over and uh, you know keeping keeping up with San Francisco or pulling ahead and then blowing it late or you know whatever. So uh, not really going to get involved in this one, I don't think. If anything, I might take a look at the under if Stafford is hurt or gets hurt. Uh, Forty seven and a half, especially the non super explosive team like San Francisco. I think that's that's a relatively uh, fair number to negotiate. So keeping under the total there. Next game we have is New England at Jacksonville. New England laying two or so on the road with a total of 45. Yeah, my power rating here, New England one and a half. The Westgate open, New England one. Look ahead line was a pick em, and the total at the Westgate open 45. Uh, this game here, I don't, I really have nothing on at all. I'm, I mean, it's, uh, I think if anything, you might have a you know, half point of value, point of value on the Jacksonville side, you know, according to my numbers, but just like, again, you're betting against New England, and I'm going to have to have a pretty convincing case before I'm going to step in front of Brady and and Belichick, and some people thought this might be the year they're falling off the face of the earth, but uh, it wasn't too impressive, overly impressive against Houston. I mean, that game, they pretty much had control of the whole game. I didn't really feel like a, I, I had a Houston ticket, plus six and a half, a small bet on them, and I just really never felt like I had a chance the whole game, even getting a backdoor cover or whatever, and they almost got there. Uh, half a point missed it, but even then, I think it was kind of lucky to get that close. I just feel like New England had full control of that game, and wasn't really sexy, wasn't too, like, Overly impressive, uh, you know, flashy or anything like that, but I think it's just solid and another, you know, typical Brady Belichick game. So, uh, like I said, I think uh, if anywhere I look towards Jacksonville, especially if this number gets bet up by the public, I think Jacksonville at three is going to be a buy for me if we get there. But I don't know if we'll get there or not. I I disagree completely. I already bet New England. I totally agree with you on your diagnosis of them as a team, but I think where you're wrong here is this Jacksonville team. Eli threw him a pick six and they still barely took care of the Giants and the, like the Giants looked about as lifeless and just garbage as you could possibly look. I, I kind of leaned toward them last week and was, uh, you know, thought their side was the way I would have gone and I'm glad I didn't because I would have been just pulling my hair out with how aggravatingly terrible they looked. And it was, you know, obviously partially a little bit of the Jacksonville defense, but, uh, I, I don't know. I, I just, I think the, uh, Jacksonville offense was, fairly anemic and what do they muster like eight points or something it was it was pretty pretty horrendous so basically i think if new england can go down there and uh you know put up 24 points i think they'll win this game and cover so uh i'd definitely lean to the new england side myself uh you got oakland heading to denver in afc west battle uh denver land five and a half at home with a total of 45 and a half yeah, my power in here, Denver minus four. Westgate open Denver four, and the look at line is Denver three. Total open 45 and a half. Another game here, I just, uh, 
maybe a slight bit of value on Oakland, but it's just it's tough. I don't I don't really like this Oakland team at all. So it's hard to even if I got a point point and a half of value according to my numbers here, I just don't think, especially in a point range like that, point spread range like this, it's just not that key of a number. Those you know four or five, those aren't that too key at all. So I mean, it's just a uh, very little ed, very little an edge, and uh, like I said, I just I don't like this whole chemistry that Oakland has. It seems like Gruden was fighting with Carr all the time, the whole time there, and I don't know that one interception that Carr threw last night. I just was dumbfounded by at the end of the game there, uh, towards the end of the game. It just I, I don't know what he was looking at. I didn't. He just looked like he was a, you know a scared puppy, and then he would try to throw it out of bounds, but he threw it right as an interception to the other side of the field when he didn't even know anybody that was going there. I think it was a a reverse curl route to Jordy Nelson over in the corner left side of the field there, and I don't know. Like that was just a really uh, alarming play. I just don't know what he was thinking. Uh, so I, I know we saw a good season from Carr like two years ago, but last season was pretty bad, and uh, last night wasn't too impressive, specifically the second half. So I don't know. I just don't. It's hard for me to put my money on uh, Carr, but I mean, uh, you know, and this Oakland team just with the whole the way the locker room shaping up and Gruden and everything else, it just seems like it's just not uh, not a good not a good chemistry and not a good place right there, right now for him. So, uh, but on the other side of the token with Keenum, I don't know he. I think you mentioned it as well uh, when we were watching the games. It just he had some some pretty bad throws. He made some bad decisions and kind of kind of what we expected or kind of what we talked about with Keenum. How we just didn't really trust him and he had some good throws, but just uh, again, it's just he's just not consistent enough for me. And when you you got to have a pretty consistent quarterback, I got to have some faith here if you're you're laying this this kind of point. So I mean, I think this is most likely it should be a stay away for me. Yeah, you had Carr who kind of looked like the spoiled kid, where his dad's a coach and you know he's making some bad plays and then he's like slapping his like the chin strap off his helmet and like complaining at everybody and like looking on the side like oh can you believe how bad they are to his teammates it just yeah it didn't feel like that's gonna be something that's gonna turn around anytime soon we uh, don't so just, have victories we don't win anymore <laughs> yeah they might not be for a while here um so i don't know yeah the chemistry just seems off and not a team I really want to get behind right now but at the same token yeah, Keenum's kind of like a poor man's, like like a homeless man's Brett Favre, where he's just constantly gunslinging it everywhere, but he puts it in some spots where he just shouldn't put it in that uh, any given game might totally kill you to swing the game the wrong way. And he kind of got away with it with the Seahawks a couple times and made a couple good plays to you know, well, overcome that part, and at we, least we, get a push we, or a win for some people. But overall, I... I just don't really feel like I want to have my money in Keenum's hands, uh, personally. Yeah, it's funny how we pointed that out last season with the Vikings, and we just saying like, yeah, he's, he's making good plays, but look at these 50-50 throws and all this stuff, and they just they broke right for him last year, and we could both see that, you know, forward yeah. thinking ahead, that this it's, it's not going to continue. It can't continue. It's just impossible, and that's what some people that we argue with, and whether it be somebody at a bar or whatever else it be, it just, you know, argue about it, uh, Keenum's upside and stuff, and we, we, it's funny how people just couldn't see that. Yeah, and he got away with it to some degree last week because they still snuck out a win against a not-too-impressive Seattle team, but yeah, definitely something that... If he, if he burns you in the next handful of weeks by throwing a terrible pick six or keeps turning it over, you know, you don't want to say I told you so, but you definitely can't complain that you didn't see that coming. So, uh, Sunday night game is the Giants heading to Dallas. Uh, it looks like Dallas is a three-point favorite home with a total of 42.5. Yeah, my power rating here, Dallas 3.5. Westgate open, Dallas minus 3. Look at line, Dallas 4.5, and, and the total open 43. Uh, numbers suggest here lean towards Dallas. I just and it's kind of feel like I am with Oakland. I just don't. I just really don't like this team right now. Uh, but uh, both these teams actually, the Giants. I was kind of low on them last week, but I thought there was a little bit of value against Jacksonville. Uh, getting the extra hook that I got, but it uh, didn't didn't quite pan out there. And uh, with Dallas here, it's kind of a. I didn't have any feel for them last week, 
but this week, I mean, I guess I have a small lean towards them. I just, like I said, laying points. Uh, I know that they are at home, so that, that is one good thing. I think they'll be able to play 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 decent at home, and I think they probably the, the way I lean here. Like I said, I think if anything, would be the right side. I just don't like this Giants team, and they f- I feel like Eli might be a little washed up, and and it is a division game. And but yeah, I, all in all, I just don't have a, a, a huge opinion on this game for sure. It's just uh, not, not much of a lean, if anything. So I think uh, another one I probably just stay away from. Yeah, it's just. Basically, just like the last game for me, I, I kind of want to fade both these teams, and unfortunately, we can't when they play each other. So, basically, whether uh, Oakland-Denver and this game, whoever, if it, hopefully somebody looks really good, and then we can fade them next week. Because I just I, I would have, going into the season, I kind of thought the Giants might be a sneaky, solid team with Shermer as head coach and you know upgrades. And as long as Eli, I've never been an Eli guy, but I'm like maybe if he could just be serviceable, you know, they might have enough talent around him where that'd be okay. But Last week, I said, I was watching that, kind of rooting for that storyline more so than anything, so I could make some money on him going forward. That just didn't pan out at all, and Eli looked as bad as he's been for a while, and uh, they just kind of looked anemic across the board. So, uh, you know, maybe it's just Jacksonville's, I'm not getting enough credit, and the Giants are going to be a little sneaky valuable here, but uh, after what I saw last week, there's no way I'm going to jump back on board, and Dallas looked even probably less lively against Carolina if that's possible so I don't have a ton of faith in Dak and I'm not a Garrett guy so I just yeah for me it's just a pass and I said hopefully one team looks good so we can bet against them next week uh then the Monday night game we got Seattle heading to Chicago looks like Chicago's a three three and a half point favorite with a total of 43 43 and a half yeah my power in here Chicago one and a half Westgate open Chicago three uh there wasn't I didn't see a look ahead line for this one and then the opener for the total was 43 uh number suggests here takes Seattle side uh that's probably the way I'm looking looks like there's some more money coming out in Chicago here I mean they looked uh, decently impressive against the Packers I think Trubisky I was probably the most impressed with he looked solid uh again until until uh Rodgers had his comeback in the second half I guess but again another first half so like you said I guess it comes down to that about the play calling and all so I don't know maybe look maybe look towards the second half if you want to make it that simplistic uh just a, a repeat from last game but I don't to me I think there's some value on the Seattle side but Again, it's just hard because you got these teams that I just really don't like that much. I'm not that high on, but I mean the numbers suggested. So I mean it's just one of those deals. If you think there's a little bit of value on, it, you kind of can't bet the team. You got to bet the number, and that's kind of what you have to do. But I just Seattle just their run game. They don't have much run game, and it's basically just they're relying on Wilson to gunsling and gets a little bit of protection or you know scramble around and, and make some some plays himself. And like I said, this defense is is pretty injured, pretty banged up, and it's definitely. Uh, world difference than what they used to have so it's just kind of tough to uh you know it's just a completely different team but i think uh, like i said i think seattle will be the play if anything here but i'm not not in love with it by any means yeah for me no real strong opinion i'd be one of those if it got below three i think i'd probably lean towards chicago and if it got above three i'd probably lean towards seattle so i think these teams we might look back at week 14 and say you know wow this was a steal either way but as of now these teams teams seem fairly equal to me uh, in terms of overall talent and like where they're likely to finish. So I uh, wouldn't be surprised at all, uh, you know, basically whatever the outcome was in this game. So in that case, I think it's a pretty easy stay away. Uh, and almost for sure won't be involved in this one. But this is the only one I'll, I don't, I don't really like love either of these teams, but I don't really hate either of them either. I think you could get value either way on either of them going forward. So I'll definitely be watching this one intently and you know, trying to pick something up for the future. So that'll do her. That uh, concludes the week two slate. I mean, that's uh, it's kind of fun to get back in the groove there and have a little bit of prior data to work with and then some, some game lines for the week. So 
that was fun and uh, looking forward Whoa! to another week. But yeah, before we go here, let's uh, get our picks of the weekend, huh? The AS pick of the week. Well, we got I the box. Kept the streak up. Keep the T box. The Dolphins got her done for me. So a, t- a tie doesn't beat a win. That's not how it works. No, nope, I don't think so. So no, you, I was, you I know, you're, I guess I was misinformed. Your middling record uh, is going to have to sit in the back seat another week here and let the old driver Frankie take her to the, the promised land. Backseat driver, huh? <laughs> um, so I I really want to do the Bengals deal, but I just I don't really want to put my my pick streak here on a on a Thursday night game. So I think I'm going to have to pivot away from that. And I'm going to take my game again. Well, there's a couple I'm kind of leaning towards here. But I think even though the number's pretty high, I think I'm going to do the over in the Kansas City-Pittsburgh game at 52 and a half. All right. I thought you were going to take my game. I guess you did take my game, but it wasn't the, the right, the right uh, side. It was uh, the total. So I'll be taking Pittsburgh laying five is what I like the most here as my pick of the week. So we're going to have uh, two picks of the week in one game and different, uh, different bets. Yeah, so uh, everybody have to double down on that, and once you push your five and I win my total, you'll be up a unit. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> well, any concluding thoughts here on uh, the, the pod, Rob? No, like you said, it's nice to get a little bit of data. I think the week two here, I'm going to have, I already got quite a few bets I'm waiting to bet or have bet and probably release a handful of plays, as plays. I think this is the time to hop in on some of these numbers the sports books are going to be pretty hesitant to move after one week and i think that's when you got to stay on top of it yourself and kind of be able to foresee the future and use a little bit of foresight to to be able to beat these numbers and i think this is a good time to do it as opposed to you know 10 weeks from now when the numbers are are you know beat into place quite a bit and they got so much data it's just hard a lot harder to beat so i think this uh, these first couple of weeks are pretty key here to, to have a successful season and get off on the right foot yeah, for sure. I agree. I've already made a, peeked ahead a little bit at next week's lines, and I, I like a few this week, but I think I'll be even more excited for uh, you know weeks three and four and coming up here when we get a couple points of data to work with. So before the, like you said, before the value gets uh, hammered out too much and the teams are really well-defined and they start factoring in motivation and whatnot a little bit more so. But, uh, yeah, it's a good time of year. It's uh, been fun. Thanks for jumping on the pod. I know we're both heading to San Diego for the weekend here. So that'll be a good time. I'm looking forward to that. And uh, we'll come back, watch some football on Sunday, and be back again for the pod next week. So, uh, you know, we'll have a good trip there, Rob. <laughs> yeah, I might see <laughs> you there. there. Yep. We'll see you there. And uh, good luck, everybody, this week. Uh, best of luck in week two. And hopefully it's another good week of football. And we'll be back next week to break it all down. Thank you for listening to the Aron Sports Podcast. Check out aronsports.com for all of your sports betting needs, including automatic bet tracking, mobile notifications, free picks, and more.